this life now is sweet and my joy is complete. For I'm saved, saved, saved. If you are saved tonight, say amen. amen. Let's uh, welcome to our Wednesday night service. Thank you for being here tonight. Uh, we begin our service by singing Praise to the Lord. It's an old song. Uh, we don't normally sing it on Wednesday night, but let's stand and let's sing Praise to the Lord Almighty. Father, we thank you for the guests that are here tonight. We thank you for all the people that are gathered tonight around the building, through Awanas, through the teens, and through the nurseries. Father, I just ask you to protect them and guide them, Father. Father, I just ask you that if someone's here tonight and they don't know that they will spend eternity in heaven with you, Father, that tonight might be the night that they open their hearts and ask questions how they can spend eternity with you, Father. Father, I ask you to be with Pastor Reuben tonight as he's bringing us a biblical message in psalm 18 father i just ask you to preach through him and just allow him to glorify us with your word father and just allow us to understand it clearly father we love you be with us now as we turn around and wave to each other in jesus we pray amen turn around and wave to your neighbor so much you may be seated we appreciate you being here as you can see pastor hunter is not here uh he is actually visiting the kids at pensacola and so he he and the family are out of town they will be back on saturday night so they will be here for sunday evening sunday morning services and so we praise the lord for the privilege that we have to be together um, we we do want to just highlight a couple of things in regards to announcements and, and uh, what the Lord is doing in our mix. So if you happen to be here for the very first time and uh, you are not usually uh, a regular attender or anything like that, there is a connection card. If you're watching online, uh, they can certainly let us know that, that you are visiting and so we would appreciate that. 
Um, also, uh, we would encourage you, text a friend, uh, have them be part of the service online. Uh, our services are on Facebook and on YouTube, and so uh, it is a great opportunity to stay connected. Um, do want to remind you that our junior church services uh, are open at 8.30 and 10.30 uh, for both uh, both uh, of the morning services as well as Wednesday nights. And so some families are starting to come back, uh, which actually does help as we prepare for the kids' Christmas program. And so uh, we praise the Lord for the opportunity that we have to get them ready. I know they started practicing, and so we invite you to be part of that. Um, then also, our choir practice um, did begin this last Wednesday night, this last Sunday afternoon. And so if you were part of the Sunday um, uh, choir practice, uh, I know that they started, they are, they are in the process of of uh, beginning to learn music. Um, and so if you haven't had a chance, and, and if the Lord is moving your heart to do that, we would encourage you to participate. I know Brother Jeff would appreciate the help. And so uh, we uh, we look forward to that opportunity. Um, then on next Wednesday, we are going to continue our, our series on the family. I know it's been a blessing, and so we, we appreciate that um, that opportunity there and just giving the Lord the praise for what he's doing through the nucleus, who it, which is the, the Christian home, uh, as well as, like a Brother Joey mentioned, the kids of Juana and the youth group as they meet on Wednesday nights. Uh, we do need volunteers, so um, if you are interested in serving, uh, reach out to the, um, uh, to the church uh, office and let us know. I know Brother Joey is looking for some able hands uh, to come out and help outside. Uh, we would definitely appreciate that. Um, and then we do want to draw your attention that at November 1st, November 1st will be our um, our start, if you may, of trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. Uh, we'll be back to the 8.30 and the 11 o'clock service with Sunday school in between. Um, the adult Sunday school will go back to uh, real Christianity. And I just want to take a moment to, to just basically explain uh, what we're looking at. Uh, with regards to the adult Sunday school. Um, normally, we would have eight Sunday school classes for all the adults, uh, and over half of our, uh, of our church body would be engaged with that on Sunday mornings. Because of separation and everything else, um, we are going to reduce that to five classes. Um, we will have the Spanish class in the front room, then the college and career in the next room, and then starting um, on November 1st, Brother Neely Sr. will have um, all those that are 60, 60 plus, right? Um, they will be in, in the room that Neely Jr. used to uh, participate in. And then um, those 40 to 60 will be in this room next to the kitchen, the two rooms combined. So it will be a larger space. And then in the front, we'll have um, everybody else. So 40 on down, uh, that would be an adult. I sound kind of funny, but hopefully uh, I don't sound too funny to you. Um, but that may be just me, right? Okay. There is an echo? Okay. Um, so hopefully the guys will get that in a minute. Um, then looking, looking at, at that, hopefully that makes sense. Um, you will be getting a, um, an email just with that reminder and being able to, to work out through through knowing where you can be a part of, and we encourage everyone to be participating in the Sunday School. Uh, and then on November 7th, uh, our Veterans Breakfast will be taking place, uh, and please sign up in the lobby, uh, and that way we can uh, uh, know that you're coming. There are gifts involved, and, uh, and so we want to know that, that you are going to be able to participate. So if you are a veteran, if you know a veteran, um, please, it would be a great time to... Uh, um, to just invite one and, and let them be part. I know that um, that Brother Malcolm and Brother Randy uh, do a phenomenal job in, in, in honoring our veterans, and, and certainly the patriotism involved with that is tremendous. So if you haven't signed up yet, please do so. If you want to uh, let us know online, just call the office and we'll, we'll sign you up, and that way we can look forward to uh, your participation there. Um, I do want to share some of the requests that were email called in and uh, and just shared over the week. Um, do continue to pray for Miss Judy Dalagite. Um, she is still in pain and going through her process. Miss um, Barbara uh, Churchill has been keeping us abreast, but continue to keep her in your prayers. Um, and it was so that uh, even Miss Judy is asking for a friend, Miss Tina. So if you can remember that. 
uh, to pray for both, that would be fantastic. Then Debbie, uh, Debbie Turkenkoff uh, did have emergency surgery uh, last week, and so we're asking for uh, prayer to recover there. And then Miss Tiffany Hernan, um, she was able to come home um, after surgery, after her second surgery. So just continue to pray for her and the family as uh, they're recovering for from um, uh, an extensive procedure. Um, then Brother Ray uh, Lucy upstairs uh, running the words. Uh, he's asking for a dear friend, Dr. Norman Sellers. He is in his 90s. In his last days, and uh, a dear friend of uh, the Lucy family, and so just asking for the Lord to bring comfort to the family there. Uh, Miss Candy um, did ask for prayer for her brother Ron, um, who is uh, very ill in Ohio, I believe, right? Um, so do uh, she did ask for prayer there. And then you you heard the mess the the announcement on Sunday morning about the Jump family uh, and the loss, the tragic loss of their son in a car accident. Um, the memorial service will be here on October 24th, um, late morning on that Saturday. And so um, his name is Anthony Blake. Um, there's already information online uh, through the, um, uh, through the uh, funeral home. But uh, be in prayer for the family. I know that um, we met with them this, this week. Um, and uh, certainly the sudden loss of a, of a son is, is no easy task, and, and um, this young man was in the prime of his life, um, faithfully um, watching online, as a matter of fact, uh, was the one responsible for bringing the family to our church, uh, but just uh, certainly be in prayer for the family and the opportunity uh, for co-workers to hear the gospel as they come uh, and be part of that service on the 24th. Then, um, uh, do pray for our college kids as they are five to six weeks away from being done with the semester. As I mentioned, the Hunters are visiting our students in Pensacola uh, Christian College, and so they'll be coming back. Um, and so be in prayer for them. And then Miss Beulah Simons, um, she, she asked prayer for um, her nephew-in-law, Stephen Gonzalez, who will be having surgery tomorrow, actually. Um, he, he's, she's asking for prayer for his surgery as well as her, his salvation. And then you, you know Peggy and Danny, um, we were expecting a baby yesterday, <laughs> and she does not want to come. So uh, be in prayer for Peggy and Danny. Lord willing, uh, this little one will come. If not, they will have to induce next week. Uh, but Mom and, and Danny are all doing well, but keep them in your prayers. And then Miss Joni Knight did ask prayer for her mom, Joni, um, excuse me, did ask for a prayer for her mom, who's having a heart procedure done, and I believe that will be next week. And then I see Miss Miriam in the back, she slipped, slipped in, um, she had asked for prayer for her mom in Peru, as um, she is uh, recovering from infection, but uh, because of um, everything, everyone having to be tested, she is praising the Lord that she is not uh, she does not have the, the coronavirus there. Um, I, I personally want to thank the Lord for my grandfather. Um, he turned 97 last week. And um, I guess my mom is going through some sort of process at her house. And she found an old letter he wrote us um, 20 some years ago. And, and um, I know with the internet and everything else, it's, it's uh, easy to stay connected. But uh, as a grandson, um, grandparents, don't, don't ever hesitate to write to your grandkids. Um, it was very precious to hear him, um, uh, to hear those words. And I believe that it was about 20-some years ago when my, one of my sisters graduated uh, high school or college. We weren't quite sure. But um, his words were so true then as they are now. Um, and so I just praise the Lord for his life and, and the ability that we have to uh, still see him. Um, then uh, a couple other ones. Uh, Philip Simon did ask, uh, uh, did give praise to the Lord for a good report from the oncologist uh, in, in wanting to glorify the Lord for that good news. And then two more. Um, Jason Toy, he usually comes on Wednesdays. Um, uh, he asked for prayer for a dear friend whose five-year-old baby girl um, did suffer a stroke. And so um, asking for, for the uh, family there and, and for her girl, for the little one to, to respond. And then lastly, Eunice Feigert. She, she is um, uh, battling uh, infection on her foot. And Simon just asked for prayer for her. Um, we don't see uh, Eunice as much, uh, but obviously um, do pray for Eunice as she is uh, battling this situation. And so 
We ask the Lord to intervene there mightily. Uh, before we go to the Lord in prayer, is there any other prayer requests that we need to remember tonight that you did not have a chance? Yes. Amen. Praising the Lord for um, sparing their son-in-law's uh, life. His name is John. All right. What is his name? Tal Davis. All right. Fighting pancreatic cancer and, and just asking the Lord for interve- intervention there. Yes, Ms. Char- Ms. Charles. For Nicole's family for prayer. Okay. Yes, Mrs. Redman. Kidney failure, and that's a pastor friend of Mrs. Redman. Anybody else? Yes. A praise? Prayer. I'm sorry. All right. Prayer for her daughter's marriage. All right. All right. Well, let's go ahead. Mr. Juan. For Diego's uh, promotion, right? All right. Thank you so much. Well, let's go ahead and uh, go to before the throne of grace and a lot to be in prayer for. Let's pray. Dearly Father, we come before you uh, with heavy hearts, Lord, and uh, certainly the need is great. But yet, Lord, um, it is so good to be in the house of God. Father, thank you for the, fa- the fact that um, ever since the, the birth of the local New Testament church, you've instituted this privilege, you've instituted this opportunity for believers to come before you. And Lord, we, we come as a unified body coming and asking for your intervention and your involvement, just asking the Lord to, uh, to move in the situations that were mentioned. Father, we, we are certainly not worthy, but yet, Lord, we know that um, just like your word declares, and we'll study tonight, that we can come before your throne uh, in boldness. Father, that we can come before your throne uh, in a humble spirit and heart to ask for you, uh, the God uh, of all power to intervene mightily. Lord, uh, we pray for Miss Judy, Lord, and, and her battle with cancer, Lord, and, and everything that is happening in her life. But Father, we praise you for the fact that she still uh, uh, is praying for others, and, and she asked prayer for her friend Tina, Lord. I just ask that you would intervene in, in her situation, um, that uh, she would be able to return to work, and that you would meet the need in a great and powerful way. Lord, we ask you for our dear sister Debbie, Lord, that you would just um, have your hand upon her and bring healing into her home. And Lord, we, we also bring Tiffany as she has had some setbacks. But Father, as she is recovering at home, that um, the, the comforter would just bring and, and, and be there. Lord, in, in that same spirit, we ask for uh, Nicole's family as uh, she did lose her battle and she is in eternity with you. Lord, I just pray for the family. Um, that uh, they would be comforted, as well as um, the Jump family in the same way. Um, Words uh, are hard to uh, be able to explain what has taken place. But yet, Lord, um, you promised the disciples that you would leave, but you would send the comforter. Father, we just ask that your spirit would move mightily. Lord, we ask for 
Brother uh, Ray's uh, uh, friend, Dr. Uh, Norman Sellers, uh, as he is in his last day, a faithful servant of God, Lord. I just pray that um, you would uh, be with him and, and the family as they transition in these days. And Lord, we, we thank you for Miss Candy and, and Father for her family, the witness that she has. Uh, pray that uh, her brother Ron would uh, recover quickly and that, uh, that he would be in full strength. Lord, we also ask for uh, your involvement with uh, Beulah Simons' uh, uh, nephew-in-law as he will be having uh, surgery tomorrow. Lord, that the days that he is in the hospital, that he would uh, be uh, uh, encouraged and reminded of the God of all comfort, of the God of creation um, that is willing to save his soul. Lord, I also pray for Danny and Peggy as uh, they are waiting their baby to arrive. Pray that you give them patience that, um, that everything would continue to go accordingly and that, uh, that we would be able to announce uh, um, the birth of their baby. Lord, I pray for uh, uh, Miss Joni Knights' mom, Lord, and I know it's been an ongoing prayer request. But Lord, we just ask that you would intervene in her, in her life and in her health. Father, that uh, you would move accordingly. Lord, we, we do also ask for Ms. Miriam's mom down in Peru. Uh, the situation is uh, difficult. Uh, the borders are closed. But yet, Lord, we know that uh, you care even for her my, thousands of miles away. Lord, I, I thank you for the privilege it is to uh, bring before you Ms. Eunice's uh, need uh, at this moment. Father, I pray that you would just uh, touch her body and, and heal her. Her, her foot and her bone there. I pray, Lord, that um, that um, her body would respond accordingly and that you would give her victory. Lord, I also ask for um, the, the praise that, that was shared for you sparing John's life um, at such an, a young age, Lord. I just pray that uh, you would uh, bring him and restore him to health. And, Father, we, we do pray for um, uh, Brother Davis, that, that you would just uh, comfort him as he's... Uh, been diagnosed with uh, the pancreatic cancer, Lord. I just ask that um, that He would respond accordingly, that You would comfort His uh, His uh, His soul, Lord. And Lord, I, I ask for uh, the prayer request for uh, the marriages uh, that was mentioned. You know the situation dearly. We just ask, Lord, that You would reach down and, and involve, um, that You can restore and heal that broken home. Last, Lord, I, I do bring before You, Diego. Father, you know how hard he has worked. I, I pray that you would bless um, uh, the next step that is ahead for him, Father, that he would be reminded of the goodness of God in his life. And Lord, I just ask for uh, prayer for myself, Lord, as, uh, as I'm getting ready to open your word uh, with our church family. Father, I pray that you would just fill me with your spirit and allow me to speak the truth of the word of God. Father, we love you. We certainly thank you for your son. It is in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, before our lesson, if we can turn to, uh, not turn, actually pay attention to number 578, uh, Trusting Jesus, just three verses, and, and the chorus is just so exciting as we uh, read of the reminded, the reminding us of the need that we need to have in our trust in Him. So if you can please stand as we sing together, 578. Trust in Him till earth be past. 
so much. Thank you, Brother Rod. Please turn your Bibles to Psalm 18. Psalm 18 is the theme for our year uh, in our school ministry, and I am so grateful for that. If you can also find 2 Samuel 22, um, it is a parallel passage to Psalm 18, um, but I just wanted to highlight both as we study God's Word, God's word together uh, in regards to what the Lord has in store for us. I always want to thank Pastor for the privilege it is to to come before you as a, as our church body. Uh, I want to thank you for being in your places and and the encouragement that it is to just open God's word together. It is certainly a privilege and and we don't take that lightly. Um, but when um, at the middle of the summer, when Pastor kind of shared uh, his heart of what he wanted the theme for a school year to be, and he mentioned Psalm 18, I literally got so giddy and excited. Um, it has been a, a very uh, special passage in my life. Um, I, the first time I ever went to Christian school, uh, Spanish Christian school, um, this happened to be one of the chapters that it was the, the-, the theme for our year. And I just remember memorizing it. I remember uh, learning songs about it as a new believer. And uh, it was always been a comfort passage for me personally. Um, it's been a comfort passage because of, of what David is sharing in this a very long 50-verse um, uh, chapter. Um, that yes, we read in 50 verses, but it's really a, a, a compilation, if you may, of experiences and difficulties that David ran ran into, um, but I am um, I was when when he mentioned that I can if you can imagine a kid at Christmas I literally got that way and um, I still remember when he mentioned that to me in his office and and I, I got so excited so ever since day one our kids um, have been going over verse number two over and over and just being able to to learn and understand uh, what God has in store for them. And um, in Psalm 18, verse 2, the Bible says that the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. And I know that this year we have we truly have not been able to start the school year the way that we normally would. We normally would have our parents come in. We normally would have a, an open house. And, and, and the Lord has just helped us navigate through the opportunity of having an in-person school year, but at the same time, just being able to remind our, our students that, hey, even in the middle of all this, God is still in control. And so as pastor uh, chose this verse, verse number two in the book of Psalms, um, the phrase, the Lord is, uh, and that has become the theme for the classroom, the theme for our chapel, uh, even the theme for our school t-shirts. And so if you see some of the kids running around with that, that's where it's coming from. And so we, we, have, um, we have just been able to see the Lord work mightily through it thus far this year. Um, and so it does help us verbalize um, who the Lord truly is in each of us. And that's really what, what this passage is about. Um, and so when we're helping our young people from kindergarten all the way through 12th grade, um, they can see that as they are being bombarded in questioning, uh, in doubting the power of God in their lives, this is one of those, those passages that just help us solidify and establish our walk with the Lord. Um, uh, it, it is truly something that we're seeing not only um, in our students having to deal with fear, fear of the unknown, fear of what's to come, fear of if somebody coughs or sneezes, they're using words like, where's your face mask and where is your, you got corona instead of bless you. Um, you know, and, and, uh, they, we make a joke of it, but it's like hearing a first grader, hearing a kindergarten student use those kind of words kind of breaks your heart in a way. But yet, 
we praise the Lord that even His Word, we can find comfort in it. And that regardless of the fear, we can uh, be stayed upon Jehovah. Uh, I am thankful for His Word. I am thankful that His Word is a lamp unto my feet. And, and it, it truly orders our steps to be able to walk by faith and not by sight. Um, that when in 20 days, when the elections come in, we know who our future is upon. And it is upon the Word of God and not on anything else. So when we come to this passage... It does allow us to answer that thought of fear, of, of being able to overcome it, and being able to truly look at the Word of God to help us uh, have victory over fear. And so, as I mentioned, this passage literally has a parallel passage. It's an identical text uh, that was originally given in um, 2 Samuel 22. And I just want to read to you, Verse 1, because it's truly giving us the purpose, if you may, in Second Samuel 22, verse 1, of why Psalm 18 exists. And the Bible says that, And David spake unto the Lord the words of this song, And the day that the Lord had delivered him out of the hand of all his enemies and out of the hand of Saul. And so in Second Samuel 22, we see the reason why Psalm 18 exists. We see that it was because, hey, David recognized that it was God that helped, that allowed him to be delivered from his enemies. And not just one enemy, but he says from all of his enemies. And specifically out of the hand of Saul. And so we see that in this passage, if you were to, at home, not tonight, read uh, 2 Samuel 22 and then reread Psalm 18, you'll see the parallels. Now, granted, when, when we are looking at Psalm 18, um, it was put together as a hymn, if you may, as a song uh, to remember the goodness of God and his deliverance uh, in the time of trouble. It is important to understand and, and to clarify that it truly does help us realize and receive um, the thought of victory. But understand this, Psalm 18, 2 Samuel 22, we read it in 50 verses. But it's really a culmination, if you may, of 15 to 20 plus years of severe persecution. If, if I can give you a quick recap of the life of David. In 1 Samuel 16, he's anointed as the second king of Israel. Then in 2 Samuel 17, he's already fighting Goliath. He's fighting Goliath. Saul is still the king. And, but he is being passed to be the next one in line. And so as we move through that process, you see that he gets called out to be the next king as a, as a teenager. But yet Saul is still alive. So then he goes, he kills Goliath. He is this despised basically by his family because he's the youngest. Remember that when Samuel went to anoint him um, as, as the next king, that God told him to go to the house of Jesse. They didn't even want to bring David out. They're like, you know, he's just, a, he's just the youngest. There's no way he can be the next king. Uh, his other brothers were already in the army. They should have been king. But yet God wanted David, as the Bible says, a man after God's own heart. So he killed Goliath. Then he's running for his life from Saul because Saul allowed jealousy and a hatred to instill in his heart towards David. So he began a hatred in his heart towards David. So David had to run from Saul. But yet Saul's son Jonathan. He has a friendship. A brotherly love with David. That was incredible. Um, by the way. If you're new to the Bible. And, and, and the name Saul confuses you. Two days ago our youngest said. Hey is Saul the one. The king saw the same as Saul. That became Paul. And I go, no, honey, that was about a thousand year difference. OK, so if you were having that question, don't worry, my eight year old asked the same thing. So it is two different people. OK, but yet we see here that in this in this passage that we read it so quickly, but it, he really has been running from his life. Um, David, at one point, had to run into uh, Philistines territory to hide from Saul. He had to run and and portray himself as a crazy man, the Bible says, so that they would just simply leave him alone. 
And so we understand that, that when we are reading these, these words in, uh, in the book of Psalms, in the book of Second Samuel, this is a man that really, um, he was just not having normal stress. He was really having enemies surround him. And that's what we're going to look at today. So as we, we understand this, and if you're still in Second Samuel, take a look at the last verse of the previous chapter. If you ever get the question, how, did, did Goliath have sons? Look at what the Bible says. Verse 22 of chapter 21 in Second Samuel, the Bible reads, These four were, were born to the giant in Gath, that would be Goliath, and fell by the hand of David and by the hand of his servants. So yes, he was even running from uh, Goliath's son. So if you could please go back to Psalm 18, we'll take a look at uh, what is in store for us there. In, in Psalm 18, um, we understand that if you can see David's distress starting in verse 3. Verse 3, the Bible says, I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from mine enemies. The sorrows, look at what he says, the sorrows of death compass me and the floods of ungodly man made me afraid. The sorrows of hell compass me about. The snares of death prevented me. Look at what he says next. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried unto my God. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry came before him even into his ears. I mean, this is the voice of a man that was truly under persecution. This is the, the cry of a man that just simply didn't wake up on the wrong side of the bed and, hey, I'm having a bad day. No, he, these, this is years uh, and months that he was under persecution for his very life. And so as we, we understand the severity of the text that he is sharing, please understand that that distress even continued in verses 17 and 18. Look at what the Bible reads. David declares, He, God, delivered me from my strong enemy and from them which hated me, for they were too strong for me. Immediately, as a man, he is saying, Listen, I couldn't handle it. He is literally saying, They were too strong for me. And in verse 18, he says, They prevented me in the day of my calamity. But yet, here's the promise, but the Lord Jehovah was my stay. He was the foundation. He was my, my solid rock, as he declares later in his passage. And so that is the situation that, that he is finding himself. But again, this wasn't just David sitting, watching the sheep, writing a, a, a hymn, a song with, you know, with a breeze blowing by and everything being so nice and gentle. No, this is a man that was running for his life. And in the same way, fear can do that to us. That it can put us in a situation that all of our senses are heightened. And we are asking, well, where do we go next? And this is the time that we are to come to this passage. I, I, I love what the, 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 the songwriter wrote, that fear, it is a liar. And so many times fear, fear can paralyze us even to walk in obedience. Because how many times have we had the prompting of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel, but yet, because we don't want to be pushed aside or run into a question that we may not have an answer to, that fear keeps us from being obedient. In that same way, in order for us to understand and, and overcome the, that adversity and overcome um, the fear, I want to just point out four things from this text. And if we can start with the first one, which is acknowledging who God is in your life. Acknowledging who God is in your life. Look at what David declares in verse 1. He says, and he shouts it from the top of his lungs, I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. He continues again in verse 2, the saying, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. When you consider the my statements that David is saying, 
You see, David, yes, he was, the, he was anointed the king, but he made God his God. He didn't say, hey, the God of my father, Jesse, or the God of my fathers, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac, right? No, no, no. He said, my God in whom I trust. I, I often tell our students, hey, listen, I know some of you have been born in this church. You've been going here ever since a week or two after you, you were there in the nursery. But yet, God has no grandkids, only children. And that's the, valid, that's the truth. Just because your parents are saved doesn't mean that you're saved. At one point, we must decide for ourselves. And so, David made God very personal to him. He, see, the Lord became his God. He became the Jehovah of his life. If you look at verse 28 through 32, if you can go there in, in uh, Psalm 18, look at what David declares there. He says, For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop. I mean, it was because of the power of God in him that he was able to run through a troop in the, with the enemy. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. See, as individuals, as adults, we like to see, hey, I'm going to go this way and it should work out. But yet, it is God that makes, it, makes our way direct, makes our way right. And that is the prayer that David is sharing here, that it is God that is the provider. It is God that becomes my God, not the God of Israel or the God of my family. No, my personal God. You see, when I understand, and this is what I, I love to tell our young people, when you understand that God is your creator, Genesis 1, Everything else makes sense. Because why? If I know that God created me and God from the very beginning said, hey, I am going to send a mediator, the Messiah, to pay for your sin. He demonstrated that love to me. He demonstrated it because he loved me so much. So the question then is, is he first in your life? Because without salvation, everything else doesn't fall in place. Is he, like David declared, your salvation? Is he truly the source of your hope for eternal life? Romans 10, 9 says, if thou shalt confess, he makes it personal. If you agree that, that, that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is the Jehovah of the Old Testament, and that you are a sinner, Believe then in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And it is something so simple, but yet so difficult to receive. Because in our pride, we don't want to, hey, I'm okay. But yet, it costs Jesus is all. So, has there been a time and a place when we can truly say, hey, in desperation, I called and I was born again. Because we can go through life pretending that we're good Christians. We can go through life, coming to church, going and, and, and doing the right things. But yet, until that moment comes of being born again, then we truly have no relationship with him. And just like Brother Joey prayed at the beginning, if someone is here, whether watching online or here, that has not made that official, that has not made that declaration, there's got to be a time and a place. The most religious person that the Bible can point out to in the New Testament was Nicodemus. And he was told twice, you must be born again. So the question is, have you received this gift? So it starts with salvation. But after salvation, we, we have to look at the acknowledging of his position in our lives. The Old Testament in Deuteronomy says that, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But after salvation, I still have a will. <laughs> Do I really yield it to him? In verse 17 through 20, David makes a declaration. And I know we visited already in his distress, but look at what he says again. He delivered me from my strong enemy. Is God your deliverer? 
Verse 18, is God your stay? Look at verse 19. He says, he brought me forth also into a large place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. Again, when I know that God created me, when I, got, I know that God loves me, and he sent his son because he loves me so, then his promise is that he will deliver because he delights in me. And then verse 20, the Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the clean, cleanness of my hands. Has he recompensed me? Reward, recompense, delight, deliver. Those are actions that our God wants to bestow upon us. But it's got to start with salvation. And it's got to start with that position in our lives. Verse 2 David declares that, hey, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust. I have to be transparent with you. I was saved at 11, but I cannot say, truly say, that I truly trusted the Lord until later on in life. I'm not talking about salvation. The miracle of the moment when I was born again happened on a Saturday morning at camp, and I've shared this before. That was the moment I was born again, and I received Christ as my Savior. My eternal security was set in place. If I were to die, I knew for sure I was going to go to heaven. But here's the problem. Did I truly believe when Jesus said, provide us today our daily bread? I was a teenager. If I needed something, I opened the fridge. (laughs) If I wanted something, I would go ask for my parents. Did I truly trust the Lord for every day? Honestly, no. And in our culture, we have Walmart around the corner. You know, if somebody's sick, if somebody needs something, we run, right? Do we truly trust in him? David had no choice but to. And I know that, um, that years ago, Pastor had this series, I have Jesus for this. And you might have gone through a difficulty and those words ring true to your ear. Because that's certainly been the case for me personally. That that trust is not nothing to do with eternity, but it is for the everyday. Is he your deliverer? Is he your provider? Is he your protector? Verse 31, is he your rock? Look at what David declares. For who is God save the Lord? Or who is a rock Save our God. See, we think of rocks as a place that um, we may go to the beach and sit around the rocks. I grew up in an island and we're surrounded by coral reefs all over. And so there's um, very, there are some beaches, but there's some places that are very, very rocky. So when I would think of a rock, I would always think of those. Um, When I've seen pictures of Israel and, and we begin to understand the purpose of these rocks, Those were hiding places. Those were places that you would run to in the time of storm. This is the rock that's being portrayed by David. When he was running for his life and he was hiding in those caves. This is that rock that provides a stability for a home. This is the rock that provides stability for the future. That is the rock that that David is declaring, hey, this is who God is. That nothing else can compare. Some put their trust in their work. Some put their trust in their 401k. But yet, David, he could have put it in in anything else, but he put it in in God himself. And that's what we're asked to do. So that when the foundation is being shaken, where do we run to? Who do we go to? So acknowledging that your life uh, begins and belongs to him through salvation Acknowledging your, his position in your life. But then thirdly, acknowledging your need by calling. And this is one that, even though I knew this passage, it took me a while to get. But go back to verse 3 and verse number 6. Look what David says again. I will call upon the Lord. David had decided that, hey, when trial comes, I will call upon the Lord. And when I talk to, to our, our, my kids, our students, 
and we're talking about difficulties and challenges, so for some reason, I always bring up, well, have you prayed about it? What's the first answer? No, I haven't thought of that one. <laughs> well, you go to a Christian school. I mean, come on. But yet, let's be honest. And I know we're with the adults. How many of us adults, when we are faced with a difficulty or a challenge, the last place we go to is to him. He said, hey, I'm making a decision. I will call. Look at verse number six. In my distress, I called. So one was future, but in the middle of it, it was past. That he called upon the Lord. And then he said, hey, I cried unto my God. And here's where God Jehovah of this Bible is different than anything else the world has to offer. God actually hears. And he responds. I mean, we just had prayer time. And we prayed in faith. Now, praise the Lord that according to the Bible, we no longer need a priest. We have direct access to the throne of God in heaven through Jesus Christ. And that's the gift that we have through his son. It's interesting that in his response, God always comes through when we call. And there's two kinds of prayer. That of salvation for the unbeliever. And then that aspect of communion with him when we are a believer. That even though we can be saved, the last thing we ever want to do is humble ourselves and call upon the Lord. God, I need you. But that's the same call that Romans 10, 13 talks about. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That calling is a humble call. That calling is a sincere call. But above all, it's a desperate call. It's not an insurance policy call. Well, let me call upon the Lord and maybe I get saved. No, 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 no. It is, there's no other hope. He is the only way. That's the promise that we have in, the, in his word. That when we acknowledge, hey, we need help. You can ask my wife. I don't like to ask for help that often. But when we need help, are we running to him? Are we going to him? So overcoming fear helps when we acknowledge who God is in our lives. When we acknowledge his position in our life. And when we understand our need by calling upon him. Then fourthly, we acknowledge who deserves the glory after the victory. I recognize that on social media, on TV, on everything else, our culture is bombarded with, look what I have done. And honestly, David could have done the same thing. Because one of the sources of jealousy that Saul the king had against David is that after Goliath, when, the, when they were parading back into Jerusalem, the crowds were singing, Saul has killed his thousands but David his tens of thousands and jealousy crept in and so Saul was into that but not David go all the way to the end of the passage where David begins his conclusion in verse 46 look at his declaration and honestly if if I had to summarize the whole passage um, the whole chapter of Psalm 18 and 2nd Samuel you got to think about it as two mountaintops. The beginning is a mountaintop. And then David goes into the, the, the valley where the battle took place, or the persecution took place. And then the end of the chapter is another mountaintop declaring a victory. Look what David says. The Lord liveth, and blessed be my rock, and let the God of my salvation be exalted. And I know that, that this is a song that we sing, but yet it is a declaration of victory. David could have said, yeah, I killed Goliath. Yeah, God used me to win this battle and that battle or whatever. But yet he said, hey, it was God. It was the Lord, my God, my salvation that needs to be exalted. Verse 47, he declares, it is God that avengeth me, not myself, and subdueth the people under me. He then declares, he delivered me from mine enemies. Yea, thou lifteth me up above those that rise up against me. 
Thou hast delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks unto thee, O Lord, among the heathen, and sing praises unto thy name. And this verse 49 is so applicable to us today. Because um, if you are in a, in a work environment that you have co-workers that might not know the Lord yet, and you are there sharing what God is doing in your life, whether in your personal devotions or a victory at work, um, it, that verse declares what David did, that even among the heathens, that he would sing his praises. And it's funny, I, I was reminded years ago, I had a similar situation uh, that all of a sudden my, my boss, um, my former uh, line of work, called me up and says, how in the world are you hitting your numbers? And I honestly, I had to think quick on my feet and I'm like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I didn't think any much of it. And then I call my counterpart and I go, hey, um, so-and-so called me and, and they asked me, how am I hitting my numbers? Aren't you doing this and this and the other? And he goes, no. <laughs> And I go, wow, that must be God. Now, my counterpart was Jewish, so he understood that, um, that who I was referring to. But it was, it was funny that when I said, you know, it was God that gave me the initiative. It was God that did it for me. And when I truly sat down and contemplated that phone call from my boss asking, how are you doing this? It was like the Holy Spirit hit me over the head and reminded me, well, you've been praying for your business. You've been praying for your dealers. You've been praying for the Lord to work through you. Now go and glorify me. Now in America, I had to learn that you don't talk about politics and religion. Welcome to America. No. But it was interesting that as the Lord gave me that boldness to declare his good hand in my life, it wasn't an easy and they will look at me like I had two heads. But truly, that is the work of the Lord. That when you look back at what God has done through your life, are you truly giving him credit? Or are you just saying, well, I timed the market right. Or I sold at the right, at the right time. Or I did this and that and the other. I am a self-made person. Or are you truly saying, well, the hand of God has been merciful to me. The hand of God has blessed me. Because, hey, David said it. He delivered me. He rewarded me. He recompensed me. That's what those words mean. So are we clear in the aspect of who gets the glory? David indeed could have followed along with what everybody else was doing, which is what people are doing in our day. But yet, he did not go down that path. His perspective was to bring glory to God in the middle of the difficulty. His decision was to acknowledge him for what he had done through, through his life regardless of how people would look at him. So when we understand that when we acknowledge God in our life, when we acknowledge his position, when we acknowledge our need, and we acknowledge the fact that he deserves the glory, we can see how this psalm, the next time you're running into a difficulty, I'm encouraging you, begging with you, run to this psalm. It is such a comfort it is such a reminder of the power of God in our lives. Of what he wants to accomplish through you. He could have pulled us out and after salvation, no. But he wants us to grow in him for us to trust him. So then, what is keeping you from overcoming your fears? I ask our young people that question all the time. They're so nervous about their future. They're so nervous about what's coming next. Especially the seniors. What college to go to, what major to, to major in. But yet, have we given it to the Lord yet? I, I know that those are not other questions here, but those are similar situations. James 4 verses 2 and 3 reminds us that we have not because we ask not. And even when we ask, we kind of ask amiss. And so we don't really receive. But friend, if, if you're here tonight, and, and just like Brother Joey prayed, if you have not humbled yourself and received God's gift of eternal life, today can be that night. It's a simple acknowledgement of what God has done for you. Believer, if there's fear or uncertainty that you're struggling with that, that is keeping you from walking in what I would say complete obedience to Him, let it go and give it to the Lord. 
Because the Holy Spirit is moving, and whether an unbeliever or a believer's heart, pricking our hearts. I don't think that was from dinner. That's the Holy Spirit moving in your heart, asking you to surrender that to God. May we just simply hear His voice and not quench it. Let's pray. The only Father, we thank you so much for tonight. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, I give you glory and praise for the fact that uh, in times of trouble, just like you did with David, you promised it to your believer today, that we can come to you. And your word says that you will deliver us, that you will sustain us, that you will protect us. Father, it is uh, a covering, a protection that starts with salvation. But yet, it acknowledges the, our need to put you first. Father, I just pray that, uh, that we, would not, uh, we would not allow our fears to keep us from obeying you in complete obedience. Father, that even as adults, you call us to more. And Father, you're asking us to be a light right here in South Florida. In the middle of what we are living through. But yet, Lord, you are faithful. And Father, you are good. And Lord, I thank you that it is through your word that we can find comfort and encouragement even in the days that we are in. Lord, I pray that if there, there is a believer here tonight or watching online that has not received your gift of eternal life, that today they would reach out and just make that, um, uh, make that decision to receive what you have already provided for them. Lord, I pray that if there's a believer here tonight that is just uh, not allowing their... Uh, and not allowing the fears to keep them from walking in obedience and service to you. Father, I pray that they will yield that in humbleness to, to you. Lord, I pray that if there's a believer here that is just simply that living in, in, in total blessing, Father, that this would be the passage that they remember to run to in the time of need. Father, I just pray that you would bless uh, the rest of our night and our week and that you would use us, Lord, to bring you honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. We are going to finish our service with one stance of 235. Take the name of Jesus with you. Thank you, Brother Rod. If you can stand as we close our service tonight. Good night, everyone. You are dismissed.